right. Hello again, everybody. Coming to you live still from the TRB Transportation Research Board Annual Conference 2018. Still getting used to saying 2018 myself, as I plan already plan for things for 2019. Um, but that's a whole different issue. So we're excited to be here today talking to Dr. Nico Larco, uh, Associate Professor and Co-Director of the Sustainable Cities Initiative at the University of Oregon. Uh, Dr. Larco is going to give us a little introduction on an upcoming conference um, that plays into an initiative that they're launching called Urbanism Next and that they've been working on um, with, within their research and, and ongoing things at the university. And then we're going to learn a little bit more about a couple papers that they put out there and then get his predictions on where we're going in 2018. And we're excited to be recording live at Urbanism Next in addition to presenting a panel on I, uh, giving a regulatory update on where we are with regard to automated vehicles. So with that, I've talked enough, and, and thank you, um, Nico, for being here, and look forward to hearing about your work. Thank you all for having me here. It's exciting to be here, and, and thanks for the opportunity. So yeah, so um, at the University of Oregon, we've been running Urbanism Next now for two years, and the general idea of what we've been looking at is um, the impacts of autonomous vehicles, e-commerce, and the sharing of economy. So all three things on cities. Does e-commerce include like Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies? You know, we, not so much. Okay. Uh, we're more like the Amazons of the world. Gotcha. Um, and so what, we, what we've been looking at is um, how these things, uh, we're not so interested in the technologies themselves as we're interested in what we call the secondary impacts. So how does this affect things like land use, land valuation, equity concerns, street design, neighborhood design, pressures on sprawl, all these types of things. And what we found is that there's a tremendous amount of uh, research out there on the technologies themselves, and there's starting to be, thank goodness, a lot of research, which you know, TRB has been fantastic for, on the transportation side. But what we have not seen a whole lot of is these secondary impacts. Um, uh, and what, what, a, a mantra we keep on saying is, AVs are not a transportation issue. They are an everything issue, and we need to make sure that we we talk about them that way. In part because it's true, <laughs> and in part because um, one of the one of the big challenges that we're going to have is kind of creating political will to put the regulations in place and prepare ourselves for this. And if we're only talking to transportation officials, we're only talking to uh, transportation staff. Um, that is that is we, we will not be able to do that. As soon as you let people understand that, oh, this is going to affect housing. This is going to affect land values. This is going to affect municipal budgets. Uh, all of a sudden, the number of people that you bring into the conversation is much larger, which one helps us prepare, and two, as I mentioned, builds that political will so we can be uh, active in that. And on that note, I thought it's interesting that I've been seeing more and more sort of public health um, sessions included in TRB. I think this sector is definitely, hopefully, maybe, kind of, slowly is trying to start understanding the possibility that they might also be affecting other things. Yeah. Because transportation is something that everyone does every day, pretty much. Um, but it's also something that is intersectional with the, all the other fields. Yeah. Um, so how do you take that sort of that research and that, and that thought and that idea of this comprehensive view, and how do you move that into action? So, I mean, one of the first things we're doing is just trying to... Um two parts. One of it is for us understanding all those, what those relationships are, mm -hmm. and two, getting the word out. I keep on saying that we're like pulling back the curtain, uh, and it doesn't right. take a whole lot. So, so let me give you an example. One of the things that we talk about a lot with AVs is that there's going to reduce parking, mm -hmm. right? And so if it's privately owned babies, we're still going to reduce parking because the car that just dropped me off would go like pick up my wife and then drop off my daughter, and right? So we'd use the same car more efficiently. If we go to fleets and shared vehicles, that will increased dramatically, right? So mm -hmm. the amount of parking will go down. So some studies say 10 to 15%. 
Um, so I think we're, most people who are in the AV world are starting to think about this, and even the TNC world, the transportation network companies, Uber and Lyft world, are starting to see that. Well, so all of a sudden, if we have less parking, that opens up all this land, right? Mm -hmm. So, but Donald Troop says about the, the largest single land use in most every single city in the country is parking. So all of a sudden, that land's available. So we can densify cities, right? Fantastic mm -hmm. opportunities for that. Uh, but on the other hand, that's a whole lot of land that's available all at the same time. So what happens when your supply of mm -hmm. land you know, triples or quadruples over a short period of time? What happens to land values with that? And then, okay, so then what happens to property taxes with that? Right. Us, you know, for municipal budget, that has serious impacts. And then we have issues such as, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, individual uh, cities uh, or certain houses going underwater, right? Mm -hmm. So certain properties going underwater if all of a sudden the property values drop. So that's just an example of, oh, here's this one thing. Okay, AV is great. Oh, that all of a sudden parking. And now all of a sudden we see all these secondary impacts. Uh, I'll give you one other example, which we just talked about in one of the sessions we did, which is um, pressures on sprawl. So we all know that uh, with AVs and with TNCs, uh, transportation gets easier, right? We can move around easier, uh, hopefully cheaper as well. Right. Uh, so great, fantastic. Well, all of a sudden that also uh, expands dramatically uh, how much we might be willing to commute. So the example I always give, if I'm willing to accept a 20-minute commute right now, uh, all of a sudden, 20 minutes is going to get me further in AV. And also, now, because I can use my time for something else, Pat Montgomery does some great research on this, as, as does Giovanni Cicelli, um, that my use of time, all of a sudden, like is tons better. So maybe I'm willing to do a 30-minute commute. Yeah, right? The pain so, threshold changes when it's less, you know, it's time, but it's not painful time. Exactly. Exactly. Lost exactly. time, yeah. and will, having yeah. to pay so, attention. So I'm working, I'm watching a movie, I'm sleeping, I'm doing exercise, who knows, right? Uh, so all of a sudden, my... Tweeting. My, yeah. Tweeting. <laughs> tweeting <probably. laughs> Mostly what we'll kidding. be doing. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing a little yeah. yoga in a van. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if there's going to be like the yoga. My AV. core is going to be amazing yeah. as a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but so all of a sudden, like, so that puts huge pressures on sprawl. Mm -hmm. Right, so people. So if I all I want in my life is to have a big yard, well, heck, I can go further out and get that bigger yard at a cheaper price. Or all I want is to really live in the woods. Maybe I can do that as well. So huge pressures on sprawl, which in turn then has huge impacts of you know from the environmental aspects, from right. the social aspects, from the fiscal aspects. I mean, the the impacts on uh, you know maintaining that infrastructure, property taxes. All of a sudden, you know, the areas on the fringe that are now developed, all of a sudden can collect property taxes. There's going to be a donut in between the whole thing from city center to that area, which is going to be seeing some, some depressed values. So these are the types of secondary impacts that we're talking about. And so from a policy standpoint, where, where do cities or states or even the feds, you know, where should they be looking? You know, it's, you're simultaneously seeing right now, you know, affordable housing being a major problem in, in many cities. Absolutely. So if they're, some, if they're right now trying to address that, Maybe a massive flood of new available land and, uh, you know, improving the affordability of housing is an objective they're trying to say, but obviously there is also the negative downside for anyone who owns land, you know, yeah. the kind of basis for NIMBYism. Um, you know, what should, the, from a policy standpoint, how do they balance those and, and what uh, types of tools and actions are you, would you recommend? So I, th I think there's two, if not three, parts to that. So the first part, just talking about policies that exist in the country around AVs. 
Um, and one, there's not a lot of them, as we all know, right? Although City of Portland has a savvy program, so, right? City of yeah. Portland, I have to say, I, 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 the City of Portland, I'll say the West Coast in general is like really doing some fantastic work. So, you know, Seattle's did fantastic work with their uh, uh, mobility playbook. Right. Um, uh, LA's doing some really interesting work. There's fantastic work happening out there. Uh, but generally, there's not a whole lot of policy. And I'll say where there has been policy, and you see this right now in the federal uh, bills that are working through themselves through Congress, which are frightening, it is mostly on uh, um, accommodating AVs. How do we get AVs into our city? How do we uh, make these things happen? Uh, great, great, great. Uh, and not the question of, okay, well, how do we, you know, flipping that and saying, and this is where I'm tremendously proud of the work that's happening in, in Portland, um, is the, the framing is, what are our community goals? What do we want to do? Yeah. All right, so now let's leverage this new technology to get to those things and not simply how do we get this technology in. The technology is not the driver. The driver is what do we want for our cities. Uh, so that, I think, is a shift that needs to happen. Right now, there's, it's a shiny object everyone wants. And we've talked to many communities who have them in their, in, their, uh, in their jurisdiction right now, and they are, like, giddy excited to have them. And you start talking about secondary impacts, and they're like, oh, Oh, yeah, that, that might be a problem. Yeah, so I'm really curious about that because I know City of Portland put out an RFP seeking out wanting to do projects around automated yeah. vehicles. And not to bash the City of Portland, I really appreciate their initiative and what they're trying to do, but it does seem like these RFPs and all the contracting is written towards the private sector and saying, you know, you, you have this shiny object, you say you can solve all these problems, let's solve it without all the incremental steps along the way that you've kind of mentioned. And how do we reframe the conversation to help cities say, hey, there are all these kind of secondary impacts, I, I keep using the word steps, that we need to get to before we can you know, find this transportation harmony, if you will. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I would say trans, uh, the Portland's doing actually a really good job um, because what they're doing is they're, they put out an RFI so far, the RFPs haven't come out. They are, so the RFI, and what they're doing then is, is uh, prioritizing those, figuring out and what should be coming out in very soon is a series of RFPs that say these are the kinds of things we would like to pilot, and they're gotcha. exactly the, the prioritization and the, the kind of um, uh, uh, impetus behind this is what are our community goals? What are the, the pilots that are going to most uh, both push the technology, push like the, the innovation that's happening here, and at the same time be the ones that are going to be reinforce what Portland wants to be as a city? And I think that step is tremendously important. And when they do that, are are they able to link in? A, an organization like yours that where it's like it's not just why don't you come pilot we'll do a big announcement and then realize we're not going to get as much data as we thought and then you know squabble versus part of this pilot is we've also got this great institute here that is working on all of this stuff and so you are going to be sharing this data and so we're all going to be learning from it are they linking you guys in on absolutely so, so we are yeah so we're coordinating a tremendous amount uh, with PBOT the uh, Portland Bureau of Transportation uh, on these things uh, but I, I should say as well I mean this another reason I think Portland is leading in the country right now around these issues is that it has it has the framing right as I mentioned which is not true everywhere and two we have a history of working together uh, across uh, across disciplines and across agencies. So right now, uh, we're meeting monthly uh, with the Portland Bureau of Transportation, the uh, TriMet, our transit agency, Metro, our regional governance, uh, the governor's office, uh, and the Portland Bureau of, of Sustainability. Right. So I mean, I, I'm hard pressed to find any other city that has that kind of coordination happening yeah. around around a, these new technologies coming in. I think, think I think Peabot sounds like a great 
name for a on-demand autonomous <laughs> ecosystem in Portland, by the way, but that, they might want to copyright that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or, or it could be the public version. You know? Yeah. Pass it on. yeah well, so that's like, exciting. So <laughs> your thoughts here. Yeah. Thanks for correcting me on the RFI, which is a request for information. So that's great to hear. So you're, you know, cities gathering this information through an open, transparent process under public contracting, and then trying to carve out what are all the potential individual contracts we're going to need, whether it be with the private developers, whether it be professional services, whether it be partnerships with universities, potential, potentially tackle that data piece and the data sharing piece mm-hmm. that we all call the secret sauce, but nobody has the answer to. And that all sounds great, but I'm, I'm curious, and, and you may not know the answer, not to put you on the spot, but do you think the private industry is willing to wait for all that information to be worked through, for a pilot project to to kind of work its way through, because they seem to want deployment, and you hinted that that's kind of how the language reads in the congressional bills. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, the the industry side is very much pushing for uh, um, deployment, uh, and, you know, I can absolutely understand their their reasoning for that. Um, So the message I have a whole lot for technology companies is, my sense is the largest barrier to implementation is not going to be the technology. It's going to be a backlash if we don't do this technology right. So and the backlash in public adoption and things like that. And and, you know, like outcry of, oh my goodness. I mean, and we've seen it in the last bizarrely in the last couple months happening. You know, kind of a shift in 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 attitude towards uh, technology companies, right? Which we had not seen before. Right. and I think that'll happen really quickly as you start saying, uh, you know, oh, I mean, the, there's there's some TNC companies that have already felt the wrath of that, right? But if you don't do this right, if you're if, and if you're coming in and, and cities start feeling the pain of your uh, organization being here, running your pilots and, and running your your uh, your businesses and. and uh, really having negative impacts, that will be painful. And I can tell you, so we had great conversations uh, with Ford, right? They're uh, very much in this game. They And they're, I'd say, extremely progressive in, in saying that they're going to be selling rides, not cars, uh, in right. the near future. They're saying they're going to be a mobility company. They're going to be a mobility company. And they are absolutely, I mean, the, the, the things we're talking about resonate tremendously with them. And as, I, I think they see that if they want to, like, create an environment that is happy and welcome for their, the businesses they're putting out, they need to be addressing these pieces. Mm-hmm. That's great. So it sounds like all this is kind of gearing up towards a conference that's upcoming. I think we hinted at it. So yeah. I assume you're going to be covering all these topics at the conference, and we're looking forward to doing a deeper dive with you and some of the other people are going to be speaking, but you want to talk a little bit more about the conference? Sure. So uh, the conference is going to be March 5th through 7th in Portland. Um, the, the website is Urbanism Next. Dot com uh, registration is open now, and it's fantastic. It's a partnership. Uh, the University of Oregon is taking the lead, and we're partnering with uh, the American Planning Association, the American Society of Landscape Architects, the American Institute of Architects, and Urban Land Institute. So, planners, architects, landscape architects, urban designers, developers, all coming together for the first time to talk about these topics, and the response we've gotten has been overwhelming, uh, absolutely overwhelming. Uh, we've gotten uh, um, people from all over the country coming in. Uh, we, we had to, uh, unfortunately, say no to a tremendous number of sessions. We were surprised by the, by the number we got. I think this is just a topic that's dying to be talked about. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, you can see it last year at TRB. Yeah. There was a few AV things. This year, yeah. it's everywhere, right? right. That, and, and that's the transportation sector, right? As we get into uh, the sides of the 
planning uh, and development, and these conversations are just starting. So I think that, that there's a tremendous like desire for this. We've got great people coming. Uh, uh, Robin Chase, one of the founders of uh, Zipcar, is going to be there. Uh, Jeff Tumlin from Nelson Nygaard is going to be there. Uh, Susan Shaheen, fantastic researcher out of Davis, or sorry, out of Berkeley, is going to be there. <laughs> Go Bears, I'm an alum as well. Uh, um, we got uh, Earl Blumenauer, who's really taking a lead uh, in Congress, uh, kind of uh, talking about these issues, is going to be there. We just have an unbelievable lineup, and uh, as I said, this whole range of disciplines that are going to be working together. So March 5th through 7th, urbanismnext.com. Uh, we'd love to have people uh, come out. That's great. And maybe just to finish off, what are two or three issues that you know, you're watching or if you want to predict you think is going to happen in the mobility space in 2018? Um, huh. So one of, I mean, one of the ones to really watch is what's happening at the federal level uh, with the bills that are going through. If those preempt a lot of the work that's happening at the state and local level, that will be uh, tremendously difficult. And one of the biggest issues to be thinking about with that um, is data. Uh, what, what kind of happens on the data side and, and what parts of the bill might uh, make it very difficult for data to be collected, if not uh, shared. Uh, I think that's a that's a really big piece uh, on the national front. Uh, on on the kind of more on the ground front, I think what's this year is going to be really interesting for a series of pilots around the country, different cities trying different added, uh, things. LA is doing some really great work around uh, tra- integration of transit and TNCs, which I think we're all really interested in seeing what the what those pieces are. So I would say the two really important pieces. Say three. One, pulling back the curtain, really getting everyone kind of uh, understanding what's going to be happening. Um, two, a whole lot of pilots. And three, the really important piece is going to be how we share all that information so that we can start learning from each other and, and kind of creating. One of the things that we're working on is, is a, a, a national clearinghouse on this information where we're curating a lot of the, the research and also the pilots' professional best practices. And that's something that, the, to, to be on the lookout for. And maybe one thing, I know the APA, they have a clearinghouse of documents and, and recent papers. I know you yeah. were involved in that. Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, we contribute a whole bunch of things to that. And yeah, so the idea is where that is, you know, fantastic for step on just putting the the, the different um, kind of sources together. We're, we're working on something a little bit more uh, involved where we're uh, actually curating it. So okay. trying to figure out what, what are the, so and, and part of it is also trying to create. So you're actually reading it for everybody. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, pulling out, pulling out some, some, of the, some of the key pieces. And then also, I mean, one of the things that, and this is a, a goal, we're, we're looking for funding if anyone's listening uh, to help make this happen, but helping create kind of um, uh, um, Sheets for, uh, for and toolkits for people in government uh, and people in industries to figure out. All right, how do I plug into this? I mean, everyone from you know like your affordable housing developer to you know people who are in transportation based uh, or people you know who are dealing with municipal budgets. And it's focused on like a, a multidiscipline approach. Like, where are all the areas that this going to be impacted? Yes. Not just working in your silo. Absolutely, which I think is critical for this topic. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. And uh, where can we? Fi- are you on Twitter? Can we find you? Yes. So at Nico Larco uh, and at Urbanism Next. Uh, our our uh, handles and uh, urbanismnext.com as I mentioned and also uh, urbanismnext.uorgan.edu Alright, well thank you very much for your time and we'll look forward to seeing you in Portland in a couple months. Great, looking forward to it.